It's time for a new revolution in your sports parenting, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, and heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to get your child into golf, help them play competitively, or have them play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent or child who plays golf and wants to build a better team at home and on the course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm your host Travis Hauser. I'm a PGA professional and coach golf in the United States and most recently in Shanghai, China, coaching all levels of golfers with a primary focus on junior golf. I'm the father of two young boys and in the process of raising golfers as a parent myself. I've had many unanswered questions raising golfers as a coach and parent and know we all have a long journey ahead. Those questions sparked my interest to start the Raising Golfers podcast. Today we have a fantastic interview with Tom Hefford, founder of Golf Cubs. And Golf Cubs as its, as its strap line, what we're known for is bridging the gap between lessons. So what resources, what things can we provide junior golfers that can keep them, and I use the word engaged, not keep them practicing, not keep them playing, but keep them engaged and in touch with the sport when they're not at the facility, when they're not going through structured, regular coaching or practice. Tom is a young PGA professional from the UK. He studied at the University of Birmingham with a golf management degree. In today's interview, he's going to share his wealth of knowledge on how parents can best support their young golfers and how golf cubs can bridge the playing, learning, and fun right at home, playing with their interactive magazines and replicating games through their online video platform. Golf Cubs is launching a new product this month, so be sure to tune in about the details. All right, Tom, welcome to the Raising Golfers podcast. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you, Travis. And yourself? Yeah, great. Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where your journey in golf began and other sports that you played growing up? I actually involved myself in a lot of sports recreationally, um, locally, um, on the parks. Um, It's quite amazing. Cricket, football. We used to do street hockey. But I never had a huge amount of confidence to join sports clubs. I joined a football club when I was younger. I went through various different um, centres, football centre clubs and sort of local clubs. But I didn't really, I never really competed all that much, uh, which is quite surprising. And I think golf being a little bit more of that independent sport and I could really work on it myself and and build up my own belief um, and confidence. It it really gave me that time and opportunity. And I think golf was golf is probably part of the making of me um, in terms of what it opened my eyes to. And it gave me that little bit of confidence. And don't get me wrong, even still to this day at 27 years of age, I still struggle um, with my confidence at, at times. I think we all do. Oh goodness, don't we? Uh, don't we all? And I think there's a lot of a lot of things out there that are really are really testing us nowadays. But um, but yeah, that was really where it stemmed from. And I shouldn't forget that that you know my my dad took me to um, the local uh, golf club sort of Sunday roll up classes, and I had a great coach. And I never forget my coach. I keep in contact with him now, and he's a fantastic, fantastic guy. Um, his name is, is is Danny Burstyn. He's based in Nottingham, and he really um, he, he committed a lot to uh, to to me, my game. Um, I, I my mum and dad provided me uh, with immense opportunity to to have lessons and go and play at the club and have a membership. Um, but yeah, I think that was that, that was sort of the extent to which I I, I joined clubs and represented a club as as a junior um, golfer, as a junior player. What do you think with your coach made him such a good coach? Like what traits would, would make a good coach for an earlier develop an early developer in the game of golf? Um, that's a really interesting question. And I'm the first to quite noticeably recognize how Danny has evolved as a coach. We've obviously got social media as a platform now where we can actually, we don't even need to speak to people anymore. And we know what, what's going on in their life and what they're doing. Um, but it's amazing to see just how he has evolved as a coach to more of a, he's very much a sort of a movement, a Zen-based coach now. And it's it's extraordinary. And, and really, I would sort of golf lessons in Nottingham is his, uh, he's sort of handled, go, go and check him out. It's, it's just extraordinary what he does. Um, but really, he is now more uh, the athletic sort of coach. He's, he's got kids in driving ranges, jumping over bays, throwing balls, running, catching, 
um, as well as sort of games-based coaching. And do you think that's important for kids at such an early development in the game of golf? I do. Personally, I do. But I'm just going to, if I may, Travis, just a, a split second, I'm going to rewind back to when Danny was teaching me. Yeah, sure. It wasn't so much like that. So we didn't have an awful lot of games-based coaching at the time. Um, we weren't very much movement-led. It was quite technical. And I, and I really do admit that. It, it came across very technical. And I think that was just the way of coaching. Um, but one thing I never, ever forget is is Danny's commitment, sort of liaising, corresponding with, with my dad at the time. And, and we'd really, really go out the way. He would really go out the way, should I say, to to try and better understand what it was in my golf swing that I was struggling with. And he'd come back week after week after week with extra drills and little homework tasks. I wanted to go back and practice these. So actually times had certainly changed. With regards to actually, do I think, you know, child development, junior development, uh, how important it is for them now? I think it's, it's absolutely paramount. I really, really do think it is of the highest importance that... Part of the process of learning uh, for junior golfers and children should be about play. I think it's really, really important that parents keep uh, or, or allow children to to enjoy childhood. Childhood goes in the blink of an eye. Um, and I experienced all too many times, and I know I'm a youngster myself, and I have, I guess, very, in comparison to other professionals, very little experience in the industry, five or six years. But But kids were turning up. And their, their mannerisms, their attitudes, the way they spoke, some of the actions. There were six and seven-year-olds that, that would, would come across to me at times, like they were 15 and 16 years of age, all influenced by, by well, it came across as all being influenced by parents, the media, um, society in general. And I actually found it quite frightening. And everything became very... Uh, sort of the delivery of things had to be rigid, robotic and, and really sort of structured. And I sort of often tried to always flip that on the head and I guess volley it back, deflect it back to, to people in, in the politest and softest way possible to say, no, we're, we're going to play. We're going to have fun with coaching and learning and sport um, as a vehicle for children. Um, and I really want to, I want children to enjoy childhood you know, they learn so much and there's some, there's some, they're actually parents, obviously, that run their kids account on social media, but there's some parents, uh, sort of children's accounts, junior golfer accounts that, w- that we follow on Instagram from golf clubs. And some of them are a- exemplary. They're, they're absolutely extraordinary. They're, they're giving them the opportunity of all different sports. They're down at, over in the, over in the States, they're down at the jungle gym and they're climbing and they're doing all different things. And I think it's all part of play and we must never, ever take um I, I guess the child out of childhood oh i totally agree I, I got a quote here from albert einstein he said play is the highest form of research what do you think about that quote possibly word perfect i mean i don't think you can get more truth in that and there's something i've actually got written down here that i think it's really really important that um we listen to children because children are very very clever they're very intelligent and they're very aware um, just at a different level to, to to adults. And I think they do learn probably more than us in terms of the actual amount of knowledge and learning that goes on in childhood versus adulthood. I actually have this thing that, that adulthood, and I'm actually going to change the word adulthood now to parenthood. But I actually think from my own experience, I'm not a parent at the moment. I'd love to one day, you know, touch wood, be able to have kids, um, be a parent myself. But I, I very often look at parenthood and I think when people become parents and they have kids, I don't know, and kids grow up to the age of maybe around six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, um, they stop learning. They stop, inverted commas, playing with the process and the experience of, of having children and raising children. And it all becomes too adulthood-like. Um, and I think it is even even parents in their process of raising children must play. Play is not just for kids. It's for adults as well. Oh, absolutely. How we define plays, you know, v- very, very mixed and everybody will have their opinions. But hopefully I'm sort of getting a little bit of a message across that actually the process and, and the way that we deliver things to children 
we can play as well just because we're just because we're adults doesn't mean that we've that we've lost the, the the opportunity to be able to play as part of the process of, of learning and, and evolution well totally and if you can relate it to golf i've seen so many times where let's say a seven eight year old golfer has started having some success in let's just say tournament play you know he's gotten a few first place and then he goes out to practice and you can see the parent next to him and they say, why are you playing around? You need to stay focused. You need to do this. You need to you need to yeah. focus on your game, right? And I think they've all of a sudden thought because this kid has good skill that they now do need to be treated as an adult, which is, I think, the complete wrong way to, to parent your child in the game of golf or really any sport, right? And you have to remember that there's still kids and kids like to play and kids like to have fun. And they like to learn in their own way, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. And I, I very often look at you know, I'm, I've, I've got a, a younger brother, twenty one years of age, and um, I very often there's some discussions I get into with with obviously the, not my household family, but but bigger family and and cousins and aunties and uncles and and things like that. But I very often say that there's a bit of a phrase that I often hear and that's it's sort of oh, look at millennials nowadays they've lost motivation they've lost inspiration they're they're not creative they're not imaginative they're, there's nothing about them and I find that really really sad to, to actually listen to and I actually think but but they're a byproduct of of you and when I use the term you I I mean the parents I said you know you know when you stripped them of that 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 play that, that sort of creativity and having fun at a young age, that's when kids learn that, oh, we must be, we must be very serious. We must be very robotic. And I actually find it all too upsetting. I really, really do. I, 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 I really hate to hear the youngsters getting, you know, negative press and, and bad words about them, but I truly believe they are the byproduct of their parents. What you put in is what you get out. For sure. And there is going to be resistance. There's always going to be resistance when children grow up. You know, we've all done it. We've all experienced it. I've been a child. There's things my parents have said I've disagreed with. And, but we actually grow to learn that we have to go through the process and we have to keep digging deep. Those parents that sort of, and like I say, I admit I'm not a parent myself and who am I to make these comments, but it's all from the experience of witnessing parents with their children through my own experience of coaching right. but but that really sort of giving up oh do you know what i've just had enough i'm gonna leave them to it and you're thinking you're completely detaching yourself from your commitment and engagement with your own child in their sport for sure rather than showing them the resilience and, and the persistence and the determination to actually let's make this a constructive experience let's discuss it let's go through it i, I saw it all too many times parents would just walk off and I think it's not only very childish of them just to walk off, but what is the child actually picking up? I, I go back to what I said. Children are super intelligent. They pick up things that, that parents and adults aren't even aware that they pick up. The same with coaches. You know, your students, the little kids that you teach, they're picking up an awful lot of things. And, and you have to be very, very mindful. But kids are picking these things up and they will never forget and it'll come to a time when it'll be, what are you doing that for? And it'll be, well, mum, dad, do you remember when you did that to me? And you're thinking, oh, goodness, yeah, I did actually do that to them. But they wouldn't like to admit that. So I, I truly believe, and like I say, it's a very, it's a topic I, I, I really, really do think a lot about. And I find it quite, quite upsetting. I think a lot of us have to reflect, positively reflect on, on what it is that we're doing. Are we offering the best? And there is no blueprint, there is no textbook or manual, um, and there is no time scale. But but one thing I always sort of say is that parents, and I don't use the word adults, but parents now should never, ever stop learning. And I think recently, all too recently this year, um, I've been incredibly lucky and fortunate to meet with people at Ledbetter Golf but specifically Ledbetter Kids Golf. And I've seen some of their um, learning material online at, um, I think it's the University Ledbetter um, online platform. And they've got parent courses. Some of them are free. Some of them cost a little bit of money. But wow, some of the learning, the the, the further engagement and learning that the parents can have is just tremendous. And 
you know, this isn't a plug for them, but it is. But but go and check them out. I mean, there's some really, really good. Don't ever, ever stop learning just like you don't ever want your child to, to stop learning and growing and being the best they can be. You know, I, I really do plead with parents and say, please never, ever stop learning and, and being better and self-reflecting positively. You know, be proud. For sure. And if, if you're a parent listening, in your opinion, Tom, what should the parents' role be at, let's just say, a young age before the age of 10 years old to support their golfers? A great question. Really, really good question. And I think there is so much that a parent can do um, to support their little one, to support their child. Um, but for me, number one, uh, and I, I found this really quite wicked when I learned this, but um, the, the word silent and listen are made up of the same letters. And I never forget the first time that I that I heard that. But I often say, just stay silent, listen, listen to your child, listen to what they're saying. I'm a huge believer. We don't say things as human beings just for the sake of it. We don't come out with, with flippant remarks or, or comments or I didn't enjoy that if we actually didn't enjoy it, if kids, you know, I just don't enjoy going to golf club or why they're obviously saying it for a reason. So, so we must explore it further. We must understand why is there something we can change to help them? And that's not just golf. That could be, you know, I hate school. I don't want to go to school. Why? What can we do to help rather than, oh goodness, well, okay, we'll just pack that sports club in or we won't go to that or we won't go to this. Number one, I'd really, really say is listen, spend time with your child, listen to them. And when I say spend time, spend time with them on the park, you know, kicking a football about, throwing a ball in the back garden. I've witnessed it all too often in my own personal life. I know parents work incredibly, incredibly hard. The hours that they put in, um, it is draining, but where, wherever possible, please make time for your child or children to really, really devote time and, and just, you know, spend that half an hour quality time or that hour quality time. It's completely undivided attention. The child should be the closest thing. Really devote your time. And I never forget a lady. She's absolutely amazing. She does so much for her kids. But she made a comment to me the other day as I was on the phone to her having a little catch up. And she said, or I actually made a similar comment. I said, you know, you, you should really just go and spend an hour with your kids and just, just go and play, take them to the park and just go and have some fun. And she went, Tom, I'm saying this because obviously you're not a parent, but you've got no idea. I've spent eight hours with them already today. And I said, oh, okay, well, what have you done? Oh, goodness, well, I've cooked them breakfast. I've done them lunch. I've tidied their rooms. I've washed all their clothes. I've been, I've been watching over them. They've been sat watching TV. And I said, but that's just it. You think you've spent time with them. You haven't. You've spent time around them. And there's a difference. There really, really is a difference. And kids benefit, they get so much from it. And what that is, what it is that they get is unknown. It's it's massive, it's vast, it's, it, it's different child to child to child, adult to adult to adult. It's, it's so different. But really understanding that actually there is a difference between spending time around them versus spending time with them it's it's almost the quality versus quantity you know is it spend as many hours working as we can or is it working smart and i think it's about being smart with what we do in the time that we spend with with kids oh yeah i totally agree it's it's so easy with all the distractions that are out there but I think hashing out some time to, like you said, listen to your kid and you can listen and play at the same time, can't you? Right. But give your full undivided attention to your child and whether that's playing at the park, playing in the house, playing some golf, I think that will really help. And you'll have a much better understanding of what your kid's thinking and what they want. And then you'll be able to develop a plan on how to best support your kid and help them going forward. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I couldn't have said that any or summarized that any any better myself. And I also, um, I, I probably should take this opportunity to sort of thank the parents. I, I don't just mean my own, but my, my own included, but all the parents of who I've had correspondence, interaction, communication with, and have had the great opportunity to coach their children, them as parents, they have taught me so much. And I hope, I really, really hope that I can take these lessons into parenthood myself one day and learn and think back to those experiences and go, do you know what? 
I, I've probably just highlighted there, Travis, and I, I really should emphasize this. I've probably highlighted some of the some of the wrongdoings and the learnings and mistakes, but actually I've learned an awful lot of amazing, amazing things that parents do. Um, and and I, I just want to be the first to say myself that I am so grateful and thankful for, for some of these experiences because I always try. I find it difficult, especially my reading, but I always go into situations and experiences with open eyes and open ears. I'm always willing to listen. I'm not the best person at remembering things, but I will try and take in as much as I can and learn from everybody. We can all learn. We can all better ourselves day in, day out. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a great mindset to have. And, you know, I think part of that's also the premise for starting this podcast was to, you know, not only help all the parents out there with these questions that they have, but, you know, myself, I'm I'm a golf coach and I'm a golf parent of, of two young boys. And I know that talking to people with such good experience like you have hearing your stories and what you've been through and what you've heard from other parents will also educate not only the listeners, but also educate myself as a parent and as a coach. So I totally agree with you. Another another interesting thing. So we're, we're, we're kind of focusing on the early development of, of golf, and we're going to get into that and what you do in just a minute. But as a kid starts golf, and let's just say they've been playing for two years, how can we help parents understand that the process in golf takes time? And how can we help them see some light at the end of the tunnel? Great questions, um, really, really are. And I think, um, I think number one, it comes down to education. I think we have to remind parents and adults of what the process of learning was like. It was a little bit sneaky of me, um, but I very, very often in my own coaching practice, when I was actively coaching, I very often got parents involved. I set up parent classes for them to learn golf. And actually, it was amazing that as these parents started to learn golf, those ones that weren't golfers, it made them realize, A, just how difficult it was, <laughs> right. and B, how long the, the process was. You have your ups and downs. And, you know, I, I probably don't need to say, but, you know, you do get the parents that, well, you were good last lesson. What, what, what have you done wrong today, little Billy, or whoever it may be? <laughs> and you're thinking, goodness, you know, I... I'm sure Billy turned up today thinking, do you know what? Dad's watching. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a bad session today because I, I can't wait for dad to ask me why I'm doing this wrong. Um, you know, th- th- there's never any intentions or at least not that I know of that somebody's wanted to turn up to perform badly. And when I say perform badly, I mean, you know, not be able to uh, fulfill the task that, that's been set of them. And that task could be a games-based task. But do you know what I mean? They've never been able to. So it, number one, it comes down to education. We have to educate them. And coaches have to be creative, just like they are with junior golfers. Whilst we could, it's the obvious, sit parents down in a room, sit with them one-to-one, talk to them about the process, what their involvement is. We also need to be creative as coaches. We need to play with the parents. We need to make the process of parents learning about a child's developmental journey in sport in general. We need to make that fun. We need to take them back to... You know, even the golfers, the parents that are golfers, what's the easiest way to take them back to those early stages? Swap hands. You know, if they're right-handed, make them do it left-handed. Why are we doing it left-handed? Because this was once how hard golf was. We forget. I use the analogy very often of driving a car. You know, I, I can't even remember what it was like to sit there and freeze for a second and think, goodness, I've got to move pedals, move a gear stick and steer this vehicle at the same time. Now we do it autonomously that to try and take ourselves back to a time where we were learning, it really hits home. And you think, goodness, wow. Yeah, one, give myself credit. Look how far we've come, whether it be child, adult, whoever. But I think to be creative about the way that that we educate parents. And that was just a little something that I used to do as well as I used to bring the parents in on some of the sessions from time to time, which would very much be our yeah, parents and kids um, day sessions or, or where we'd get all the parents involved and it would be parents and their, their children versus other parents and children. And it would involve them in the process of the actual learning as to what their kids would do. And I'd very much set, set sort of little objectives and topics wherever I could. So parents were aware of what we were what we were doing. But I think it's all about communicating educating speaking to these parents and one thing that I was admittedly I was afraid I was scared 
These parents were older than me. They were wiser than me. They were more experienced than me. Who was I? Young Tom, early mid-twenties. Who was I to stop some of these parents in their tracks and say, look, this is what I'd really like to see or have you thought about or maybe come along to the next session. I felt, I really did. I questioned myself, Tom, who are you to even be able to make that comment? And then I tried to put myself I say try because I never have, but try to put myself in the shoes of a parent and go, do you know what? I'd be incredibly, incredibly grateful. I would welcome the opportunity for a coach, whatever age, to actually say, you know, why don't you try this? Why don't you give this a go? Why don't we make this a, a different experience? Why don't we consider it from your child's perspective? For sure. I mean, I, I think what happens a lot is we know that parents know what's best for their kids. But that's the parent being in the parent role, right? And if you look at a game like golf, there are different roles. There's a parent, there's a coach, there's other players. And if you break down those roles, even though you were younger than them, even though you may have only seen their child for, let's just say, X amount of hours, while they've spent their entire lives with this kid up until that age of, let's say, eight years old. But your role is a coach, right? And you know, as a coach and as development in within the sport of golf, what is best for the kid and what is best for the parent and how they can help, right? And I think that's very important for parents to hear as well, because parents have to understand that we know you're raising your ch- your children, but when it comes to sport and sports development, your role is a parent. And if you cross those rules between a parent and a coach, then things can start to get a little bit ugly, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think we see that all too often, but parents should take on a part of coaching it's probably more about reinforcement um reminding rewarding um but also the removal of the seriousness of it i know coaches obviously are becoming more and more games based more 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 all about the the fun dementals when when they're teaching it to young children which is great but parents should also be able to take any harshness, any seriousness out of that coaching that there may be and really relax it for the child. The same with school. School sometimes can be really overwhelming and very serious. And blimey, I've been, you know, sat in a classroom for six hours or whatever it may be that we could come home and do an experiment with goodness, I don't know, a, a can of fizzy pop and something I don't, a science experiment whatever it may be but let's really make it fun because it's we're in the garden we can do that for sure um, so i think part of part of the parents role again is is a little a little bit coach like um to reinforce some of the things that the actual golf coach or sports coach was saying um to to remind the child you know there's a lot that children are constantly taking in from surrounding areas so it's just little gentle nudges and reminders. And, but actually, reminders should come in the form of questioning. Try and get the child to to come out with the answer. I don't know why you always use the name Billy, but little Billy, do you remember when you were playing the game, uh, the, the chipping game with Coach Tom and, and this is what you were doing? What were you working on or what perhaps were you focusing on? Oh, you know, Dad, I was focusing on brushing the grass or, you know... Um, keep keeping keeping the letter y i was trying to yes i was trying to create that letter y as i finished whatever it may be um you know coaching doesn't have to be strict and regimented it can just be the the process of reminding and i think also rewarding goodness i mean parents can do it in so many different ways uh but to to be able to reward their child in whatever way that may be i'm not even going to make suggestions there's there's thousands and thousands but but parents should be able to reward them so they can see that they're actually, you know, reward for play, not not just reward for work or reward for committing themselves to an hour's practice on the range hitting ball off the ball, but just for having fun. Do you know what? We'll do this tonight or b- because we've had fun on the park, we'll, we'll, I don't know, watch whatever cartoon movie you want to watch, whatever it may be. There's so many different ways to reinforce, remind, but also reward. No, I think you modeled what a parent should do. And it's definitely important to know that you as a parent, you're an extremely important part of the team. Again, the roles, you've got your coach, you've got the parent, right? And I think it's actually one role that is overlooked very often. Yes. And if you actually talk to most successful golfers or even just sports players generally, 
you'll find out that their parent was heavily involved in the process, right? And maybe not necessarily involved in the coaching, let's just talk technique or skills-based training, but actually as the support line. Yeah. And what you modeled there, I think, was with it was a perfect example of what a parent should be doing. And I think any parent listening should challenge themselves the next time they go out with their kid to practice golf start asking more questions like you did. Ask them what it is that they're working on, what is it they did in the last class, and you'll start to discover and actually understand what the kid's thought process is, what they're trying to accomplish, and then you might be able to find out how you can help and assist. And then if there's questions beyond your expertise, that's where you go back and reach out to your coach. So I thought that was awesome. You just made me realize, uh, sort of remind me of something, and a great guy called Gavin Grenville Wood, who heads up the uh, the junior golf education of Ledbetter Kids Golf. He said, a parent, a child, and a coach is like a three-legged stool. You all need to be there to support the whole thing, for the structure, the stool to remain upright. But take one of those legs, i.e. people, out of it, remove it, and the stool falls over. It needs a minimum of those three legs, those three supports, to be able to actually function and to be able to stay upright. And I, just something about that visually in my head, I imagine this little stool, three legs, um, take the parent out of it and it's just coaching child, boom, it falls over. You know, if it's just coaching parent and the child's not all that involved, it falls over again. So that sort of visualizing it like a stool, it, it's stuck with me um, ever since Gavin's mentioned that. So I sort of, I sort of thank him for that. That's a great analogy. I like that a lot. I want to transition into talking about Golf Cubs, the company that you have founded and created, which I think is an amazing idea. And I love what you're doing. And I myself, I actually have three of the Golf Cubs magazines sitting here right next to me that my son absolutely loves. And even funny story is I brought him in here to have the chat with you right now. And my son was in here about five minutes before we started the conversation. And he took one of the magazines and I had to go explain to him that I needed the magazine for <laughs> about an hour. And then we'll go back and we'll play and, and read through the magazine afterwards. So I thought that was quite That's funny. Brilliant. But anyways, why don't you tell us a little bit about Golf Cubs? Sure. With with pleasure. And thank you. Thank you for that, Travis. It's great to, uh, great to hear. Well, I never want to stop getting better. And the reason I say that is because I go back to summer 2018 when I was delivering my summer golf camps to my kids that were under, under 10. Um, we had a group of about seven or eight of us. And, you know, sometimes we just have these moments where it comes to us. And actually, it had really been a question on my mind for months and months and months, probably even borderline a year or two. But I was thinking, how can I better my offering? How can I add extreme and extraordinary value, not necessarily for the parents, but but for the kids? Um, but if I can, you know, make it beneficial to all parties, coach, parent and child, then then even better. And I never forget in that summer camp that I actually asked some of the kids and I always start with the kids and I say, you know, what is it that we're missing? What's the missing piece of golf right now? And I just started throwing a few suggestions and ideas. And of course, I mentioned what I refer to as as, as Voldemort homework. Goodness, you can't mention the word homework to kids. It's just a no, 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 Tom, we're not doing homework. But I sort of joke about that. <laughs> and, I, and I just said, you know, what is it that, that perhaps we're missing? Or what is it that Tom, what is it that Coach Tom can do more of or better or actually introduce to make things even greater than they already are, the experience of it? And obviously, they didn't directly word for word say it. But what we started to tease out of, of sort of the kids was that Actually, golf stopped all too soon. It was sudden. And I sort of, I was thinking, well, what is it they mean by that? And and once again, I sort of delved a little bit deeper and they said, well, in so many words, should I say, but, oh, you know, we, we have to wait until next Sunday for our next session or next Wednesday for our next camp. And I sort of, I took that in and I I really tried to sort of absorb it and reflect on it and think about word for word what they were trying to say. And I almost came up with this thing that actually what they were trying to say was that that once camp's over and once the Sunday roll-ups are over, golf stops for them for a week or two weeks or three weeks or until we see them again. And I once again, I found that quite upsetting and sad. I felt like I was letting them down. And I thought I must, I must find a, a mechanism, um, a concept, an initiative, an idea, something, maybe homework, 
Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but maybe something that I could give the kids, gift the kids, that they could actually almost be able to solve that thing that they thought was missing. And I very often, quite ironically, and I, I use the term the missing piece a lot in my presentations, I talk about the missing piece of the puzzle, uh, the stepping stone and, and golf clubs as its, as its strap line, what we're known for is bridging the gap between lessons. So what resources, what things can we provide junior golfers that can keep them, and I use the word engaged, not keep them practicing, not keep them playing, but keep them engaged and in touch with the sport when they're not at the facility, when they're not going through structured, regular coaching or practice. Um, you know, I often refer to, as, as ludicrous as it sounds and out there, as, as golf practice for a child sometimes can be just watching TV with mum or dad on the television. They're, they're learning, they're enjoying the sport of golf um, in a form. I totally agree. You know, one of the things that I preach to people saying, you know, how do I get my kid you know, more engaged in golf, right? And I said, well, you know, if you really want your kid to love the game of golf, one thing is you kind of have to immerse them into the game of golf so that they actually think that golf is part of life, right? So whether that's Absolutely. just going to the lessons, okay, that's one element, right? But another one could just be watching golf on TV and doing that regularly. So they start thinking that, okay, when we watch yeah. TV, we watch golf and, oh, that looks fun or it becomes more interesting or more questions arise. And then kids try to imitate what they see, right? You know, and also what you've done as well helps with that immersion into the game of golf. We'd really, really like to think so. And that is that is one of the big objectives. And we haven't got any resources for children and their parents to, to have, engage with, to, to use outside of golf there there really isn't all that much and this was really what golf clubs was about it was providing we actually started off in in two simple mediums one was a uh, it comes in the form of a magazine it was a cartoon animated magazine that i always use this phrase for people that have heard it i'm sorry i keep saying it but i'm the first to admit we're no disney we're no pixar i'll admit that i'd love to be at that stage with the company but we're not so i've done a lot of 2d animation myself working very very closely with an extraordinary illustrator um vivian she's absolutely amazing i owe a lot of thanks um to her but i worked quite closely with her had a vision as to what we wanted to produce we created some magazines some of you might be thinking, and I've had this so many times from parents, oh, magazines are a thing of the past. You know, it's all about iPads and iPhones. And I also go, I totally agree. But can I just take you back to when I was gathering feedback from you as a parent? And let me go down to, I don't know, question three that I asked you. You know, what would you like help with? And your answer was, oh, goodness, Tom, if you can help me get them off the iPads and the iPhones more, that'd be great. They're always wanting to go on it. And I'm thinking, hang on a second, <laughs> we've come up with a solution, <laughs> a possible solution. I'm, I'm the first to say it might not be the absolute, you know, pinnacle. This is it. This is going to change life. It's not. But it's just one of many solutions that a cartoon, a tactile, a physical magazine where kids can color in, they can draw, they can read, they can write. They can immerse themselves in, in this cartoon creative world is just wonderful and it takes them away just a little bit it might be 10 minutes 20 minutes half an hour it might be a couple of hours whatever it may be but it takes them away from the digital devices and it reminds them that actually there is so many other skills life skills that kids can learn through the the medium of a, of a magazine um and again it does come down to education because the immediate thought oh, for sure to some of those parents not realizing that they'd already answered my question with, <laughs> I need to get them off devices and me coming up with an idea, it, it sort of confused them. But um, yeah, I think there's a great, great opportunity for us to um, revisit the magazine as a medium and re uh, not, not just reintroduce, but introduce some children to magazines. Some of them have never seen a magazine. So where did the idea of the characters come from? Because I love it. I love the idea of the characters. They all have their names. We've got Lockie, Luna, Leo, Lexi, Lily, and they're all cubs. So where did that come from? Do you know what? It, it, it's really just sort of my 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 creative head and my idea. I, I really set myself some uh, a criteria. I was um, I was never a technical coach. I'm the first to admit that. There are some great, extraordinary technical golf coaches, junior golf coaches out there. But I was not a technical coach. I was a games-based coach. 
And what I identified quite quickly was that children could relate more to childlike things, cartoon characters, superheroes, stories. They liked that idea and mechanism as a way of, of learning. And I never forget a very, very close friend. Uh, he's a mentor to me. Um, his name is Jonathan. And he always reminds me of the time that I used the the game show, The Crystal Maze, as a concept to coach some of my junior golfers. I had them so excited that they were going through different rooms and challenges to earn these crystals. That I think, if I remember correctly at the time, were just different coloured golf balls. But they were going on this journey and it was amazing. And But actually, I found very quickly that we have to get down to their level. There was no point in me creating a book or a magazine that was full of adults stood in positions, setting up a game. It was not going to be relatable for them. I then thought, why don't I get pictures of junior golfers doing it? And then obviously, as you can imagine, comes the difficulty of finding and and being in contact and being able to video and photograph kids for the magazine. It just just presented another obstacle of, of difficulty and challenge. So I thought, do you know what? The absolute best thing would be for us to create something that is is cartoon based that's really going to relate to, I often say superhero Marvel-like characters that kids relate to, Spider-Man and Batman and things like that, and Ninja Turtles. And, and I just thought that's where I want to go with it. And then I really thought of, I wanted it to be animal based. I really wanted it to be animal based. Um, to soften even more. I didn't want them to be human. I wanted them to have, and I'm sure there's a fancy word for it, but but human-like traits and, and features, hands, you know, feet. I know they've got paws, but but making it look like human um, or human in their, their appearance. But um, but yeah, keeping to sort of a little bit of an animal theme. And I never forget the, the first time it came to me and I thought, do you know what? I want to use lion cubs as, as, a, as a, an animal. And it just came to me. I thought, do you know what? I'm going to play on words here. And I would be, goodness, if I could have a pound for every time somebody's mentioned how close golf cubs and golf clubs are um, as a word. And it's, it's brilliant. It's a bit of a tongue twister. People are going, oh, how's golf clubs going? I'm like, sorry, uh, golf cubs. I mean, golf cubs. <laughs> and it's it's great. But the amount of times people say, oh, don't you think that's a little bit close? And I'm like, but it's a play on words. Golf clubs, golf cubs, these are cubs, lion cub characters that are golfers. They go on a bit of a journey. It was something that the kids could relate to. Um, and the amount of times that, you know, it, it really is a difficulty. And I'm just going to throw this one out straight away. When people search for golf cubs, it's very difficult. You will get probably one and a half million searches for golf clubs. They will flood your Google search or your YouTube search engine. But actually something, part of the education process that people aren't aware of, when you type into Google or you type into YouTube golf cubs, underneath the search bar, it said, did you mean golf cubs? And you say yes, or you press golf cubs. And all of a sudden it comes up with all the golf cubs searches. It's because the algorithms and the things behind the scenes at Google and YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, they automatically default to thinking you've misspelled something. But you can just with a click of a button go, nope. I meant golf cubs and it brings up everything golf cubs related. But yeah, that was really my idea of coming up with. And actually what people don't know, um, I don't even think some of the parents know this, but actually some of the cub characters and, and for those that have the magazine or those that don't, inside the first page, you will know, Travis, inside the, the first issue of the first page, we've got some little traits and, and personality characteristics of, of these cub characters you know, one or two is cheeky, sporty, um, cheerful, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we've got a yes. list of all their different traits. And they're actually based on some of the kids that I used to teach. And a question I had asked the other day from a, a, a gentleman that's based in France. And he said, oh, his son wasn't too happy. And I said, oh, goodness, what? why? He said, he didn't like that there were more girls than boys. And I sort of, we laughed and joked about it. And I said, but do you know what? That's my experience. I actually taught more girls. I got more girls into golf than I did boys. I coached more girls. For some people that's like, sorry, what? You had more girls. My golfing groups were dominated by girls. And I wanted to try and change that image and and stigma vision of of what golf is it's very male dominated gentlemanly senior sport 
But actually, no, I had these young girls that were so enthusiastic and passionate about playing golf. I emphasised the playing golf. They were probably unlikely to become, you know, professionals or golf professionals, touring for TV, whatever it may be. But they were going to enjoy the sport and play it. Um, and so really, I tried to mimic that as a bit of a microcosm, if, if that's the right word, but, but really a miniature form what life was like for me, who I was teaching, some of the characteristics and personality traits some of these kids have. And that's where golf clubs came from. No, it's so cool. I mean, just going through the magazine, right? I mean, just for the listeners, there's things in here. There's, there's games you can do a dot to dot. There's word searches and there's even things to help with their setup position. Uh, one my son really likes, he likes the railroad tracks. So we have yeah. some lines on the floor and he likes to imitate that it's the same as in the book. And there's a lot of other games that you can play at home. And my son just flips through this, these magazines and he just says, okay, he's like, dad, I want to play this, this same game. And it's the game that's on the page, right? And so then we go set it up and we play it and he just loves it. And a few minutes later, he runs back, flips through the pages, finds another game, says, I want to play this same game as well. So it's really Brilliant. cool. Now, in addition to the, the magazines, what additional resources do you have at Golf Cups? So we've also, um, which is which is quite quite um, it's quite contradictory because what we've also created is an online platform to get kids in front of devices. <laughs> which <laughs> parents obviously they identify they wanted to get kids off the devices, but one thing that I was very conscious of is the way that the technological world is moving. And um, it is I don't know whether you see it as as frightening, scary, but kids of the age of five, six have got phones or iPods or things that can access the internet and, and they've got access to it. Um, but what I wanted to create was was a golf clubs platform, an online platform where we call it the den. It's completely free of charge. Um, we have coaches using it quite a lot for wet weather day activities. There's resources on there inside the games cave. We have different just very, very quickly in the den, which is the platform. We've got the video vault the Games Cave, the Grown Ups Crash Out, which is a forum for parents to go. Also, we like the idea of coaches going on there and sharing some of their experiences, but Grown Ups Crash Out is for parents to literally crash out, ask any question they may want to, as ridiculous as it may seem, you know, what golf club should I buy my child when they're first starting or anything, whatever it may be, what should they wear? Um, and then we've also got sort of a, a, a feedback zone as well, where I'm really, really open me as a person to any feedback that anybody may have. But yeah, inside the games cave, goodness, we've got word searches, spot the difference, dot to dot, anagrams, coloring in, loads and loads of different things that once again, it's about the engagement and the being in contact, in touch with golf. You know, kids are still learning. Um, we've also got games recipes uh, which I absolutely love. I used to task my junior golfers that I used to uh, teach uh, with. I used to print out recipes very much in the form of a cooking recipe, ingredients, equipment, method, setup. You know, it, it, they would literally have to go off with a printout, set up the game. They would deliver it like a coach, building some other life skills, social skills, being able to communicate, present, etc. It was wonderful. And then also because it's something quite close to me, as I've said a couple of times, I'm sorry to repeat, but I find reading quite difficult. So I created 2D animated videos of these lion cubs, these golf cubs, playing the games, setting up the game. So any of the cartoon videos that you click on will have um, an equipment list, a bit of a safety warning, uh, the space that you need, how to set them up. So there's many, many different ways in which you can get some of these ideas. And they are really, I use the terms that the parents used, a vault of, of games, a bank of ideas. They're there to be used by coaches, parents, and kids. So we have the magazine and the online platform. Yeah, I think it's a huge support and it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy going through it as a parent with, with my child. And when my youngest son becomes old enough to hold a club, first of all, but uh, <laughs> when he's old enough, uh, I'll definitely be going through it with him as well. Amazing. What would you say is your target age group, if there is one, for these resources? Uh, do you know what? It's a really, really interesting question. And we'll probably move on to uh, in a moment in terms of our latest resource that we've just launched this week. So I've just mentioned obviously the magazine and the, and the online platform to start with, which is where we were for 12 to 18 months. Um, but really you will notice, or if anybody particularly looking, we don't have an age group or an age recommended age 
anywhere on our platform in terms of, oh, if your child is this, 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 it's changed a little bit with, with the product we've just released. But in terms of magazine and online platform, we don't. And the reason I say that is because in our mind that the, the target age, which of course we have, was sort of anywhere between sort of five or six to nine and 10, depending on maturity of children, um, development, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody's different. But just to share a really quick story, we've had uh, four-year-olds using it with, with parents, friends, granny and grandpa. But I have also, uh, I did quite a lot of disability coaching and work and I was incredibly fortunate enough to teach uh, a young girl, actually, who was, um, I think she would have been 12 or 13. Um, but she had the reading and writing level of, of like a key stage one uh, sort of child. So she was she was very behind her years. And we actually used the magazine as a mechanism to get her reading and writing and, and looking a little bit more at golf that's so cool i mean this girl was was you know she wasn't the inverted commas the target age uh, the, the target audience for who this this was designed for but i thought the second you put a target age and i know this young girl she was wonderful great character great personality had and i spoke to her dad about this had there have been a target age on the front of the magazine that said maybe six to nine she wouldn't have gone near it because no, 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 dad, that, that, that's not for me. That's for little kids. But taking that away, and once again, kids are very intelligent. Taking that away, they, they don't have to think about it. We don't need, it's just, does this interest you? Does it appeal to you? Could you, yes or no? We're leaving it up to the child to decide. Um, and so, yeah, whilst we have sort of a guide age, five to six, nine to 10, we leave it open. We really, really do. Granny and grandpas want to get it for, for their little grandchildren or a 10, 11 year old wants to pick it up. And great. I think the way that the, that the magazines are designed is that it does reach a very, very broad range of development in age and in children. For example, my son, he's he's two years old. And when I found Golf Cubs, I wasn't sure if the magazines would, I guess, would work or if he would even enjoy them. Because right now, the books he's reading are mostly just pictures, right? But these magazines also have pictures. And sure enough, going back to that immersion of, of something, now he's like, okay, I play golf. I see my dad play golf. We watch golf on TV. Now we have what he calls books on golf. And Brilliant. Brilliant. he likes the characters. And, and it worked. Sure, some of the things, the tasks in there he can't do yet. But that doesn't matter. He really enjoys the books. And what he can take out of the books is enough for him. And he's loving it. So I think it's great. Brilliant. Where is Golf Cubs heading now? What's next for you guys? Great, great question. Really, really excited to sort of sort of answer this one. Where are we heading? Uh, we've just released this week what appears to be the first ever junior golf board game. So going back to the idea of sort of taking kids away from devices or getting them off devices for, for a, a period of time, being wanting to be quite original with our ideas but still quite unique and offer something that's not out there in the industry to once again bridge the gap between lessons to help them immerse themselves in into golf we've designed and just released a board game called race to 18 which i'm incredibly personally i'm incredibly proud of um it is actually about golf rules etiquette and gameplay for a lot of children I think for a lot of adults as well, um, mentioning the word rules of golf or etiquette or let's talk about gameplay and, and how you play the game, it's a little bit of a boring subject. You know, it's a bit, oh, I don't know whether I want to sit there and read the rules or anything like that. Some people do. And, and you know, I, I only admire those people that can sit and read through the rules of golf. But I wanted to try and find a way, once again, a mechanism, an initiative, a concept to be able to educate, teach for our kids to be able to learn the rules of golf, the etiquette and the gameplay um, in a completely, completely crazy way that was actually play to them. We go back to the word play. It was about having fun. So we designed and created the board game Race to 18, where kids would, I guess my easiest way, it's, it's, it's a, a circular board and kids and parents, whoever maybe that's playing it, will constantly keep going around the board and they have to race to collect all 18 hole cards um, and it is just about as simple as that and um, for every time they land on a on a hole they will collect a hole card but it comes with a bit of a twist uh, they will obviously come up against 
rules, etiquette, gameplay-like questions, some general knowledge ones, some funny ones, um, you know, the longest distance that anybody's ever hit a golf shot on their knees, the, the world record for balancing golf balls on top of one another. But what was important to me was to include general play-like questions in there and junior questions that actually kids could relate to. And they could go, you know, mum, dad, I want to go and see how many golf balls I can balance. Or, you know, when we're at the range, can I ever go on my knees and hit a golf ball? And I wanted to really spark that that sort of creative play in them. So I've tried to be very thoughtful um, in designing this. And even when we talk about some of the the LPGA Tour players, PGA Tour players, some of the, some of the greats and the legends, I very often refer to them in childhood days. Um, you know, how old was Tiger Woods when he got his first hole in one? Bum, bum, bum. How old was um, Charlie Hull when she played in the Solheim Cup? Did it? So it all of a sudden starts to spark the kids. And they're thinking, oh my God, you know, Charlie Hull did this at the age of 14 and 13. And it gives them something, a bit of a dream and an ambition and an aspiration to go for. Um, so that was really um, the, the idea behind it, that they would race to collect 18 hole cards in the fastest time possible. And again, it's a bit of a play on words and return back to the cub house. I like that. Get themselves back to the cub house, which is where all tournament golf finishes. You know, you played your round. It, it ends in the clubhouse, typically, time scorecard. But yeah, it, it's it's completely changing the game. Golf isn't a race. And that's what's been great to see people's eyebrows raise and think, race? Why, why is it a race? Golf is like four, four and a half hour rounds. I'm like, no, it's not. You can literally race. You can even race to nine. There's many sort of what we call house rules within the board game. Uh, where you might just race to nine, you might set a time of 20 minutes and you've got to try and see how many holes, inverted commas, you can play, collect. Um, and it's a little bit of learning. And we've only got very, you know, briefly to start with, we've only included 72 cards in there. We actually originally put our first one out as 36 because we tried to visualize it from a child's perspective. We didn't want it to be very overwhelming, and overpowering. Goodness, there's this massive deck of cards and there must be millions and millions of rules. But we're thinking already about the expansion packs of additional cards and getting them out there. So yeah, race to 18. If if people haven't seen it already on, on any of our sort of social media platforms, which is just at golf cubs, they can check it out. Uh, any of our stuff on our, on our website, which is golfcubs.co.uk forward slash race to 18. And where are you shipping? Uh, we're going to try to ship worldwide. It's something that I've been very, very conscious of. We've planned, scheduled, thought about long and hard. We're going to try uh, where we can to ship worldwide. We're constantly looking at fulfillment centers and, and people that can basically distribute and fulfill for us. Ireland, Wales, Scotland, it has very much been been UK based that, that people have pre-ordered already, uh, which certainly makes life easier for, for us. But I don't want to stop people wide and far. Yeah, so we're really, really sort of encouraging people to pre-order it. The sooner we get the pre-orders, the sooner we can manufacture, the the more likelihood is we can get them before Christmas, which would be wonderful. But yeah, just go and check it out. Pre-order it um, would be amazing. And we can get this thing onto the onto the shelves in some of the bigger, bigger toy stores as well around the world. Oh, that's so cool. I'm so excited for it as well. Any final words of inspiration for parents raising golfers? Never stop learning. Uh, never stop loving the process. Uh, and most importantly, never stop listening to your children. Uh, Our childhood days, uh, as we've all experienced, do go in the blink of an eye. So keep it fun, keep it enjoyable, uh, let let it be creative, uh, and let the imagination run wild with practice and play wherever that may be. Just enjoy it. Enjoy every moment of it. Cool. You couldn't have said it better. I think everything you guys are doing at Golf Cubs is just amazing. If you're a parent listening and you're just introducing your kid into the game of golf, I highly recommend you go out, get the magazines, use the online resources, and go out there and put your pre-order in for the Race to 18 board game. I think it's going to be so cool. Thank you so much, Travis. Tom, it's it's been wonderful having you here today. I think you've shared so much valuable information for parents in the game of golf. And I also think that your concept with golf cubs, I think, is going to be so helpful for, like you said, bridging the gap between lessons for kids and 
given parents a way to help their kids at home outside of golf classes and find a way to have some enjoyment with them. And hey, if you're not if you're a parent, you're not playing golf, pick up a club inside the house and start playing. I think you can learn some things from golf clubs and I think it'll it'll start you in the right direction. So Tom, thanks so much for for coming today. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity and I'm I'm really excited to um to to keep listening and keep keep following the uh, the Raising Golfers podcast. I think it's amazing what you do. And um, yeah, it just leads me to say thank you so much for the opportunity. And there you have it, Tom Hefford from the Golf Cubs. I love what Tom's doing at Golf Cubs. My son, he can't put down the magazines and he also enjoys watching the videos online. I'm really excited to see what their new board game, Race to 18, is going to be like. If it's anything like the magazines and videos they've already put together, it's surely going to be high quality and a lot of fun for everyone in the family. As a parent, I want to ask you, how are you helping kids between golf lessons? Is there something that could help benefit what your kid's doing at home? If your child's into the game of golf, you need to check out Golf Cubs. It will immerse your child into the game of golf, and that is a quick route to more enjoyment and progression in the game. For parents looking to help their kids, I challenge you to listen to them more during practice, at home, and on the golf course, and start asking more questions. Your role as a parent is so important to their development in the game of golf, and having you there to support them in a positive way will only make this long journey more fun and enjoyable for the whole family. If you enjoy listening to our podcast and the information you got from this episode, do us a favor and continue to support us by hitting that subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. Your continued support will help us continue to grow and be able to interview some of the most experienced parents, coaches, and players in the golf industry to help you continue to raise your golfer to their full potential.